just sit down, please. Take it. Oh, ah. Oh, it's good, good, and it works, isn't it? So, yes, yeah, so you could just take your chairs, please, or your seat or whatever. So, lovely. Okay, so thank you. Um, this is just the opportunity to ask questions. You may want to ask about this morning's service. Or you may want to ask whatever. I mean, there's obviously been some information disseminated in the church in the newsletter. Um, you know, both back yourself, background and a summary of your bio. That sort of stuff's been out in the church for the last two or three weeks or so, or longer probably. Um, but um, it's a, you know, I don't think any question is too small. There's a question you want to ask ask it. And I'm sure Rachel will tell you if she can't answer it, or she can answer it, or whatever. So, so please do so. Um, and it's also an opportunity for Rachel to ask you questions. So don't be surprised if you get asked a question. And you, someone in the church will have to step up to that and say, well, here's my take on it, or whatever. Um, Paul very kindly offered to come and join Rachel in the, in the, in the spotlight. Well, we're not exactly in the spotlight. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure he might prefer to be sitting towards the back there, but, the, uh, but it's lovely, obviously, your support for, for Rachel as well. But, and I've said to Paul, if you want to ask the church any question, please feel free to do so. And I suppose it's reasonable if they want to ask you a question, if that's okay. Although, obviously, Rachel is the one you know, standing for the pastorate, so I'll just make that point. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to open the word of prayer, and I'm going to ask Rachel uh, an opening question I've got for her. And then um, we, we, I'm going to take the roving mic around because we are recording this. Okay, so if anybody who wants to better hear what the Q and how the Q and A went, but is not available today, then they will be able to listen to it before next Sunday when we have a church meeting. Um, so I will take this around. And if you, actually, Rachel doesn't know many of you, so could you just say who you are first? Not a big introduction, but just you know, Penny, for example, or whoever. Just say who you are. It will obviously be easier for Rachel to respond to you as well. So I'm just going to pray for us. So Father, we want to give you thanks for this morning. Lord, we give you thanks for your word. We give you thanks for we come to you in worship and praise, Lord, as you speak to us through your word and through our gathering around the table. Lord, continue to speak to us as a community of faithful here, of believers in this church. And we just pray that in our conversation we may be discerned something of you and your will for us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So the question I've got for you, <laughs> what made you come back to the Preach with a View? <laughs> that's a really good question. I think that's true, actually. Yeah, I think from the first day I came to see you for that Preach with a View. Can you hear me all right there at the back? Yeah. A little bit more. How about that? Is that better? Yeah. Lovely. Thanks, yes. I think from the moment I stepped in the door, I felt very, very welcomed. And the church here have, uh, are very friendly. And I can see God's love at work among you. And that's something that made me want to come back, really, and find out more. Um, so that's probably the simplest answer to that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So who's got the first question or second question? Come on, I got first. <laughs> I know, they're not shy. <laughs> In five years, I've learned they're not shy. Um, Peter, yeah. just say who you are. Yeah. First, 
Well, actually, we've been chatting for quite a while in the back already. <laughs> so she knows me very well, Simon. And uh, no, just one question is, I, I didn't ask, is what are your hobbies, both of you? I'll let you say something first, Okay. Uh, I'm a maths teacher by trade, and I am a bit geeky. I do like doing maths just for its own sake. Um, uh, I like, I like uh, walking in the forest. I like, uh, uh, I like sort of watching birds. Um, I like comedy, um, some, some doubtful musical tastes, uh, yeah, that's, that's probably me. Lovely, yes, and I, I like walking in the forest, so we do that together quite, quite well as often as we, we can get ourselves out. Um, I love reading, I mean I think reading has been my passion since I was tiny, um, and you know, picking up reading the Bible was something when I became a Christian that really sort of fired me up as it were. Um, I love the cinema, so I'm quite happy to go and watch a film on my own, actually, if no one else will come with me, if I fancy it. <laughs> um, I just love uh, the sort of the creative media, really, and um, uh, what else? Like cake. We do quite a lot of cafe ministry in Southampton, so I'm quite often eating with people and drinking good coffee with them, so that's something else. Um, what else? Swimming is one of my sort of things I do to keep fit. I'm not very good at keeping fit, but um, I try and get out for a swim once a week if I can. Um, I think that probably sums it up really, doesn't it? Anything else you can think of? <laughs> Hi, I'm Sue. Um, you've got four children. How, how do they feel about you possibly coming to move up to Milford? Well, they're all, well, our daughter's about to turn 18 next week, and she's the youngest, so they're all, like, young adults in their own right now. Um, and I think, actually, they've been really supportive. They're very excited for me. Um, it does mean change for them, because, actually, they're all still home, um, apart from our youngest son, who's at uni. Um, so they are going to have to think about what, what's next for them, but I think that's probably quite a good stage for them to be at, actually. Um, but, yes, they, they, uh, they've been supportive throughout my journey into ministry, um, and my daughter particularly, although sadly she's kind of um, walked away from faith a little bit in her teenage years. Um, she still sees the good that's happening in what God's been doing in my life and hopefully, I mean she was, when she was a tiny toddler we used to go to New Wine and every year she'd put her hand up and give her life to Jesus. And just, <laughs> she had such a beautiful faith when she was a little girl and I'm sure it's still in there but um, yeah, as I say, she's been very, very supportive of this. And, Oh, sorry, Martin. Hi, Rachel. I'm Martin. Um, do you have a magic wand? <laughs> and by that I mean, you're probably, um, obviously, clearly you've read our church profile, and one of the things that we would like, obviously, is to encourage more young sort of families to, into our church. Um, obviously, we have a great youth outreach at the moment, and yeah. I think you've been there and you've helped uh, with the youth work on what least one I don't occasion. Know how much help I was, but I think <laughs> I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> but I mean, this is a, a problem that affects a lot of churches. So, do you what? What perhaps are some of your possible solutions to um, reaching out to families and encourage them, perhaps even to come into our premises? Or how do we how do we approach that? Do we have to change and do things differently? That is a big question. And as you know, I haven't got a magic wand; just a magic fish that's what I brought with me today. <laughs> But I don't think that's going to be a lot of help. Um, 
it's something I've been thinking, I've been quite challenged as I've been on this journey with you guys, because I think a church without children isn't a complete church, really, and um, it is something that God has put on my heart, really. And I, I was reading um, back in the Psalms again, I'm sorry, I do, do come back to the Psalms quite a lot. Um, I'll read this to you, because this is something that God's been, um, you know, giving me things to think about, and maybe for you as a church... Um, Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known that our fathers told us. We will not hide them from their children, but tell them to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children and that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise to tell them to their children so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but can keep his commandments. Um, Yeah, I mean, when I first came to the church, there was an unborn baby who's now with us as a baby now. (laughs) Congratulations on that. And I think... One thing that struck me in my ministry is the people that are coming new into church don't know the old Bible stories. They, don't, they didn't do Sunday school. You know, the younger people haven't got any understanding of the Bible. And I suppose one of our challenges is how to connect that great gulf there is between what we talk about. I mean, talking about Jonah and things, you know, most of you here probably, probably know those stories really well. Um, so I think, I think for me there's a combination of actually going out and do, being out in the community and being seen and being recognised. And I think that's what we've been trying to do in Southampton with our cafe stuff, to our ministries and things, is to actually get to know people and build those relationships. But somehow also find fun and engaging ways to tell those old stories so that they can grasp the bigger story. Um, so that's, that's kind of, I mean, I guess I haven't got the answers of exactly how that would work in this context, but... You know, I think that's something that God, God wants to do here, and you know, I think we're looking to Him and seeking Him on the where's and the hows and of it. I think is, you know, the important bit. But I think that's what God's been putting on my heart, really. Thank you. Hmm. Can, can I ask? Yes, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 uh, do you do sort of pancake parties or or anything like that? Um, well, I feel so um, pleased to, to say we had a pancake party on Friday. So <laughs> party's not quite the word, but anyway, yeah. So we had. Uh, 17 of the kids here which they didn't all fit in the kitchen so we split them in half but and then at the end of that there was a whole big pile of pancakes which they all ate which was amazing to me because most of the children nowadays although I suppose pancakes are beige so it does sort of fit in with what they (laughs) eat and we had a lot of um, all the sauces and that so yeah and it was um, and as it was because it ran on we didn't get a proper chance for a god spot boo mm-hmm. but because it was the pancakes uh james who was with us and then 
we ended with prayer and then he reminded us of why we were indeed preparing the pancakes. So that was, yeah, it was a fun, it was a, I mean, it was, you know, 80, 90% fun and then the 10% was like, yeah, and by the way, here's the God bit in it. So that was um, quite satisfying really and I'm pleased it was only two days ago because we'd had the, they were off school so we, we didn't do the clubs when um, Pancake Day actually occurred, wasn't it? I think it's 13th. But yeah, so we try and do things like that. And we've got another, uh, we've got an event coming up um, the 30th of March, which is, uh, that, and that is really targeting, I mean, anybody's welcome, obviously. Anybody's welcome. Um, but it's more targeting unchurched families, which we've had a few connections with, uh, established by the, the, the emails that go out anyway to names we have. But... We had the fun day in the summer, so got a couple of names from there, and then they then came on to the Christmas tree lighting, which was also an outreach. So, um, you know, it's one of those, we sort of cater for maybe 30 children and half that come up. So, but, so it's difficult not to get despondent about, you know, hope, hoped-for numbers mm. and who actually turns up which is the same attitude, really, that we're going to have when we have the, um, the 30th of March one, which is normally we, we would do a three- or four-day Easter holiday club, which is a massive amount of work with quite a few volunteers required to do that, and that mm. hasn't been possible. Somebody went and had a baby. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's not exactly helpful. But, but so we, we're, um, we're doing an afternoon... Um, it keeps changing. It's Easter jolly afternoon or something like that. It's called. But so, so there'll be elements of uh, fun and games, food, and also with a, a video. We're going to sort of try and go for co quite a long video rather than the sort of three or four minutes that we usually go. It's going to be a bit longer. But they'll be eating at the t at the same time. So hopefully they'll be ingesting and digesting as that happens. So that's nice, the plan. Nice. <laughs> So yeah, so we, and that's a three three events in the year that are specific to outreach, and we want to feel like we've established that link, and then that might, with prayer, lead on to a a, 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 um, a response from them with other things mm. that we may have, in, you know, that may be designed. But it might, you know, there's the. Uh, thanksgiving for the gift of a child so it's not exactly baptism or dedication it, but it is an opportunity to pet for parents to just give thanks for them and that and that brings them into the church um, and all those events are sort of them coming to us so we haven't actually really had any uh, doable thoughts or plans to actually go out to them that's that's where our ideas are not forthcoming, really. But, you know, the fate, oh yeah, worse than death. So yeah, there is the fate as well that we, we do, which is our out, you know, us going out to them. But there are opportunities. The summer we went out as well, didn't we? You need the mic, Sorry. Lorraine, the summer we went out. Yeah, the summer I was out of the building. I'm yeah, only, only yeah, 50 meters. The mic is going over here. Yeah. <laughs>
Hi, Rachel. Hi, Hi Paul. I'm Lynn. Um, sort of carrying on from what Lorraine was saying, really. We've done a couple of... We've done a few things where, in the past, and we're very much like, oh, this is how it used to be. Very difficult not to think like that, but we've done things like Messy Church, where we went out. I think it might be fair to say that there was sort of mixed... Um, rationale for that it was it to get people to come back here um where i'm just speaking for myself now i saw it we're going out we're doing church outside of the building mm. the church has left the building um have you got an example of something perhaps at, so uh, at southampton where you've taken the church out of the building um you have to give me a minute to think of something um we what have we done? Yes, actually, something we did this year. Um, we started before COVID doing a lantern parade at Christmas with some of the families in the church. Um, and the first year, it bucketed it down with rain, obviously. <laughs> so we did it in the church. But um, this year, we had um, the lantern making in the church. And then we went out to we've got a little park locally that we've been involved with there, um, the friends of the local park. And so we, we walked with our lanterns down to the park and then sang um, Christmas carols. And the, the other minister, there's two of us in the church, she, she gave a little, a very short little speech, talk about Jesus, and, um, and then we sang some more carols and then we, we went home. And we got quite a really good engagement for that this year because we've, we've started working on our Facebook page because we realised that a lot of the mums will look on Facebook rather than websites or whatever. So... Um, so that's how most of them this year came. I think we had was it about 40 people there, was it? Yeah. Which is a really big deal for us, actually, because we were a tiny little church. That so was actually really well attended. Um, and that's that gradual building of relationships. So there was a family that started coming to that, uh, who came to that, that had come at Christmas. And um, so they just gradually sort of get to know us. They don't come any other time, but we're sort of building relationships. And... You said about not many coming for some things. Don't ever apologise for the small, because I think sometimes in the small, that's where God's at work, and those building those lovely relationships with people. And um, Yeah, so I think it's little bit by little bit the kingdom grows, doesn't it? It's not necessarily in the big, amazing things that happen, although they're good too, but often in the sort of sowing of the seeds, yeah. There were some families that came to the sort of light party thing and then the Christmas thing, and Yes, yeah, and they're sort of getting to know what, what we're about as a church and why we do what we do, and yeah. Um, hi, Rachel, hi. I'm Susie. Um, uh, and I don't know if you want to answer this yourself or as a couple, um, but if you come to us, what would you like from us? How can we support you best? Ooh, that's a very good question. Um, I think... What I've sensed here is that you're a fellowship that care very much about each other. And I think, for me, teamwork's really important. And I think having a team of people that care and are honest and open about where they're at um, and will tell me maybe if I'm, you know, will talk to me if they're not happy about something. I don't want people to sort of go away and grumble. I'd rather they come and speak to me themselves and we have that relationship that's open and... Um, and pray, pray for us, I think, is a really important one as well, isn't it? Yeah, and forgive any mistakes that will inevitably happen. So, yeah. What about you, Paul? Have you got any? 
Um, I think that the church we're at the moment is quite small, and one of the positives to that is everybody knows each other, uh, and I've, I've really appreciated that. The church uh, we were at before was very big, and it had lots of positives, um, but uh, I felt, I guess, very known, I suppose, in the fellowship I'm at at the moment, and knowing of other people, and, and noticing when people aren't there, and, uh, you know, and sort of caring for people. Um, yeah, and, and that's been really good, so I'd hope that could carry on. Yeah. yeah. Actually, do you mind if I ask you guys a question? Yeah, um, I'm just thinking on that note, I mean, you, you seem to be, from what I've met of you, people that do look, up, look out for each other, but how do you do that in terms of pastoral care and things? Because one thing I'm very aware of is some of the bigger family churches are very good at drawing families in, but they're not always quite so good at looking after the people that are already there. So, um, yeah, if just anybody wants to go answer that question. Uh, today I was going to start with yeah. someone else wants to add to it. Well, I'm Val, and Hi. for many, many years the church has had what we call a, a friendship club for the elderly people, which was a, a meal, um, a lunch, and we did lots and lots of activities over the last 40 years, probably. Um, unfortunately, since before, well, before COVID, um, a lot of, we don't have so many members because they've passed on. Um, and also the, the people helping um, have sort of got problems of their own. So we're very short now on the staff, so we haven't been able to do it. But we have been able to have... Um, like teas, we had a platinum jubilee tea, we've done um, uh, Christmas, we've had a tea, so we brought them back in. But from the pastoral point of view, um, I still ring them all on a Tuesday. Wow. Um, so, ev ev and I might not ring everybody that Tuesday, but if they've had a problem, I'll follow it up. Mm. Um, and visiting people, and so very much that pastoral of the elderly, none of whom come to the church or members of NBC yeah. anymore um, but that's my contact with keeping them um, on board and helping them or praying for them or whatever um, the recent most recent thing was I was able to pray with somebody as they died oh, wow. so that was very humbling and mm. um, we're arranging they want to have their funeral here because that was where they felt most at home so from the elderly point of view um, and then June and Roz who are my co-leaders um, I always keep them informed and, you know, that's how we connect with those people. Mm -hmm. And I think people in the church who are elderly are mostly probably looked after by Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I love that people aren't forgotten when they can't come to church anymore because that so often happens, doesn't it? They just go and, yeah. Yeah, we've got one lady who actually started the church, Phil Murphett, was one of the original people. And she's been, she's what, eight? She's 99 this year, I think, or 98 this year. And I visited her recently, and it's just still quite a joy to pray for her. Wonderful. Thank you. I don't look after everybody in the church. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think when I was secretary, I, 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 you, this, the church size is sufficient that you can know everybody. Um, and I think this, the strength of this fellowship is partly based mm. on the fact that a lot of people have been here quite a while. And so relationships have developed. Mm -hmm. So just as a natural... It's not just, you've got a problem, I'll phone you. Yeah. It's a case, I'll just phone you. <laughs> and I'll talk to you and we'll have a chat. And if you've got a problem, you might share it and whatever. And we'll pray about it or whatever. So there's a lot of basis of that relationship. The other thing that we introduced um, about six or seven years ago, we did the Paraclesis course. I don't really ever come across it from Waverley Abbey. Oh, but it's about caring one. for one another and how we do that and loving one another. And I think... 
I, I think there's an increasing willingness for it to be, you know, even we haven't got a pastor uh, through COVID and everything else. There was communication and people do look out for each other. And so it's not organised, it's not sort of a, a centre-day cover. Um, the CLT itself also has in the past looked um, at situations that people are in and checked things. Um, something I do do is I, I sort of know who's missing mm. each week. And so if we find someone missing through two or three weeks, then yeah, we'll give them a phone call. Mm. Not, not to say you've got to come back to no, church, no. <laughs> but more in case so you know, just missing you, yeah. you know, just yeah. so you're part of the family, so mm. sort of thing. Um, yeah, and, and we have the WhatsApp. Yeah, and we have the WhatsApp family, which we set up in COVID. So we've got an NBC family WhatsApp group, nice, and that yeah. generally works quite well. And then we have uh, prayer requests going on there, mm. and news of people. Yeah. So, I'm Cliff. Can Hi. you tell me? Can you tell us something about your style of leadership, please? Um, yes, I think uh, I would say my style of leadership is collaborative. That I work with people and want to bring people along rather than sort of telling everybody what they should do. Um, I can be directed when I need to be. I know there's occasions in church where somebody needs to take a lead, and you know, I think particularly areas like safeguarding and that kind of stuff where it's something really, you know, immediate that needs dealing with. But on the whole, I prefer to work with people in a team and work together and pray and seek God um, and look what God's look to what's God's doing really because it's God's church, isn't it? I mean, I'm, I'm a leader because that's the role that God's given me, but it doesn't make me special or anything better than anybody else in the congregation. I think the body, you know, Paul's words about the body are so wise. We all have different roles. Um, and I think I see my role as um, seeking God for direction and seeking to sort of discern what together what, what God is doing in, in the church. Uh, Rachel, uh, we understand you effectively have had a first career uh, in medicine, uh, training and becoming a medical doctor. Mm -hmm. And clearly at some stage you felt a call into ministry. Can you, can you talk us through that a bit? Just explain why the shift for you? And, uh, and second bit of this question, to what extent does your previous career inform and contribute to what you bring to uh, uh, being a pastor? Oh, thank you, that's a, that's a good question. So my story is that I went off to medical school to train as a doctor and trained as a GP in Southampton and then took the decision to go into palliative medicine. Um, so I worked in uh, the hospice for about 12 years as a palliative medicine specialist. Um, and during that time, uh, my dad sadly passed away under quite traumatic circumstances and we had four children over that period. And the combination of those things plus dealing with death all the time, I loved the hospice, I loved working there in the team, um, but I, I actually became quite um, deeply depressed at one point and couldn't work. Um, I just burnt out, basically. Um, and during that time, I think God really did a lot of work in my life. Um, he spoke to me about deeper things. And, and one of the things in medicine is I was always much more concerned about 
the person's psychological or spiritual care. Um, I think that's why I went into hospice care. Um, the, 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 the drugs and the, the medicine was important, but for me it was much more about seeing that whole person. Um, and he, he called me then from, from, from medicine, and it was a very clear, you're not going back to that, over lots of different things that he spoke, but it was very, I gave up my registration. I knew that that, was, that period of my life was, was finished and that he was moving on to other things. So I took a, a course in theology, which I did um, over, I think it was about four years it took me to finish that, um, which then just sort of deepened the calling into Christian ministry and then sort of explored further with that. Um, so that's sort of where I've come from. Um, in terms of what it's brought, um, I also do some chaplaincy in mental health as well, and I think understanding, the medical understanding has just been very helpful in sort of being able to sort of understand where people are at. So for pastoral care, it's, it's brilliant, because when people start telling me about their operations, I mean, I'm very out of date now, but I've got at least a good idea of what, what they're going through, and I think that informs how I can talk to people and sort of can understand a little bit about what they're going through. So... Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's quite a different career, but I think the route I took into medicine and the, the, the area I worked in, there's a lot of parallels, and I think God doesn't waste anything. He's, he's used all of those things to, to inform the ministry that I do now. Yeah. Could you just carry on a bit further on that in terms of, have you, did anybody sort of say to you, Rachel, no, you really ought to become a pastor. <laughs> you know, uh, did, did God speak through the Word to you through the Bible, or is there anything, any sort of point you can put, sort of point to that sort of said, you know, yeah, everybody, I must do this. It was a, it was a little sort of gradual dawning, wasn't it? It took me a long time to accept that I could do that. I mean, I didn't, um, I didn't do any public speaking before I came into in, into sort of training for ministry. So a couple of things. I had a friend who um, kept saying, you need to be a minister, you need to be a vicar, she said, used to say to me. <laughs> and um, she, she, did, she didn't let it go, actually. I don't know that I would have carried on if it hadn't been for her. Um, and then we were in a church that largely didn't support the role of women as, as ministers. Um, so it was quite a difficult journey with them. But interestingly, the, the minister's wife said to me one day, um, when I, was, I was doing some work in the cafe at the church at the time. She said, I had this dream that you were at the front of the church preaching. And I was like, what are you talking about? I've never done anything like that. Um, and that was the first inkling that God might be calling me into something more than what I was doing and something different. Um, and yeah, other friends said, oh yes, yes, that's what you should be doing. And, and I had sort of various people say... But there was something um, inside that kept me going, even when the church leaders where I was weren't very encouraging. I mean, they wanted me to, when, when I was finally got my call from the church, it was into chaplaincy. That's what they felt. They didn't feel that I could be a female pastor. Um, and that did affect me for a very long time. It gave me a lot of doubts about whether I should be doing this. I mean, I've done a lot of work reading and, and understanding you know, Jesus was all for women doing stuff. I mean, he, the way he spoke to people was radical in his time. And, you know, I, I, I'm thoroughly convinced that women, you know, are, are capable and able. And God wants that for women too. Um, but that was quite a difficult journey for me to get to that point. Um, and I think the fact that 
I kept going and God kept me pushing on with this call. You know, I think had it been easy and the church had gone, yeah, yeah, that's of course, that's what you should be doing. I think I might have um, had some more doubts about whether it really was God calling me. But I know that because it's been a real struggle to get there that he's kept me, kept me pushing on really. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Hi I'm Fiona. Hi. Um, I'm a trustee of uh, the Nursery Stepping Stones, which is our nursery. I think it's quite unusual for a church to start a nursery school, but that's what we did. It started as a playgroup many years ago. And of course now, nursery education is very much government-led yes. <laughs> and um, so and so. We employ six staff and we have currently three trustees. Um, and whoever comes to work with us in the past would be, I think, obliged to be a trustee. <laughs> so, <laughs> see where I'm going with this. Um, what is your um, expectation of a role where you would be working with um, a team of six staff um, and uh, your maybe any insights or experience you've had with nursery-aged children. Um, I should say the trustees don't have any day-to-day -day mm. role. <laughs> it is very much a, a support role and um, more the sort of bigger picture um, and the, the managerial sort of side of things. Mm. But there is very much a support um, of those six members of staff and I've always felt very importantly a um, witness mm in terms of it's a difficult job to do. Yes, yes. Uh, so I just wonder what you would feel about that role mm. and your contact with that uh, nursery, which is very much our nursery, born out of a vision that was shared many years ago. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a wonderful thing to do, isn't it, to serve the local community in that way. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be, be honest, I haven't had a lot of experience of that kind of a role. Um, we do have a preschool that runs out of our church, but it's not a church-led one. It's one that's come in and uses the premises. Um, so we deal with them very much in a sort of practicality matter. If you know, the toilets are leaking or whatever, that's the kind of role that we've got with them. Um, but I suppose the thing I would think would be important is to really listen to what their concerns were and sort of be able to support them by, you know, hearing them and seeing what they what, what you know where their difficulties are and and you know, that that sense of teamwork really i mean i'm guessing that they work together well they're a good team of people that work together they're, they're a fantastic team yeah. and they have been here most of them for many years yeah. in fact the managers succeeded after a gap um, her mother who was a church member um, none of the current uh, staff members do attend church with us regularly, so the same. There, it's important that kind of witness the way we work with yes. them when we have committee meetings. There are also opportunities for any trustees that come to start working with the nursery to develop their own role. So, of late, we've had trustees that have actually gone in and, and done Bible stories or singing, mm -hmm. and little craft activities. So, yeah. there is opportunity to develop yeah. in different roles. In fact, our Previous pastors have, you know, worked on whatever they felt their yeah. role was. I think 
they've done things like Easter, you know, the sort of big yeah, Christian there festivals with them. Yeah, to do that, yeah, that would be great. Parents come in at Christmas, yeah. so there's that contact there, so, which is something that could be grown. Mm. Um, <laughs> Excuse um, me, I'm going to sneeze. Marston famously had a guitar and um, a, 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 a little monkey glove puppet and things, which the children, I mean, so any skills along the But again, it's very much uh, the nursery staff are very open to ideas. Yes. Yeah. Um, obviously, it has to be, because you mentioned safeguarding earlier, which yeah. obviously is a very big issue with a nursery being here yes. five days a week during term time. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, any, anybody coming into the nursery has got to work with the nursery team to make sure they've got the right sort of DBS clearances yes. and all yeah. that sort of thing, and that their activities are suitable and what but they are very open to more yeah. of that interaction from church members doing things with the children that the children love. Mm -hmm. I must say, if you ever go in there, the children actually do just with somebody new, you know, oh, so nice. there's a lot <laughs> yeah. of opportunities. Mm -hmm. um, and there's probably a lot of opportunities for parents that we could do more if there was a cafe type of opportunity here. Mm -hmm. There might be opportunities where we could do more things with the parents yes. so they yeah. could socialise. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that you probably gathered from my profile and stuff is I'm quite passionate about mental health and well-being. And, you know, the cafes we've set up in Southampton have been around looking at well-being and developing things that are good for them. And I think there's a real need for that for parents as well to actually look, address their own mental health and well-being in maybe sort of quite gentle ways, but... Um, I mean, that's one of the strengths of cafe is everybody knows what a cafe is. It's not like come to church, it's come to a cafe and people know what you're talking about and you can, um, you can sort of, yeah, so whether there's areas there that could be developed, maybe some sort of little things that you can invite parents along to, like pampering sessions or something where you can be looking at mm. looking after them. So well, yeah. The irony is that we have a lot of parents coming to this church building on a daily basis yeah. and then we also have parents and childminders and, and grandparents coming to toddlers, I think. So Linwood, she's gone. Oh, so, um, so we do have a toddler group um, that uh, is, is growing again after COVID has, has re-established itself. So there are parents, young children coming into the building, but we're not necessarily getting those links into the church sort of activities. Yes, yeah, it's making all those connections, isn't it? And I think that takes time. It does, yeah. Hi Rachel, Paul, good to see you again. I'm Hi, Nick. Um, could you just tell us a bit about the community you're coming from perhaps and how you sort of sit within it compared to uh, this community here is, like all communities, quite complex. It's notionally a village but it's very dense, it's semi-urban, it's semi-rural, it's, mm. it's semi-affluent, it's semi-poor. Um, <laughs> this, this church yeah. in particular, you know, it's an ageing. Asian community in this church, but the community locally is quite young, probably. Mm. Probably, it'd be interesting to know how, sort of what, where you're coming from and how you fit with it. Sure. As you answer that, if you could talk to the group, I know it's tempting to talk to the person who's asked the question. Yes. Yeah. But I can see some people not being able to hear you. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. So um, where where I'm at at the moment is I do half time in the church as a church minister and that's a little church in Fremantle Baptist Church which is in Southampton so it's 
just on the outskirts of the very city centre, so it's still city, but um, it's not quite a suburb, is it, Fremantle? Oh, it's quite near the docks, and um, so that's part of my role is, as a minister there. I also do mental health chaplaincy, where I do um, work in one of the local psychiatric hospitals, but um, part of that has been doing community outreach, so we have a cafe in one of the other churches, which I help to set up. Um, so I'm part of that and we've got a little group that we run on a Monday afternoon with people who use the mental health services um, and that's becoming a really lovely little community of its own actually. It's only been running a year but people are getting to know each other, people are getting to support one another and my role very much has been facilitating that um, and quite a few of the people that come are Christians and they will pray for one another. Um, so it's almost like a little community within, within the community. Um, and similarly at Fremantle, we do have quite a lot of people with mental health needs and, and a lot of very difficult pastoral stuff. Um, and I've been able to come alongside and support those people in my role. Um, and we are by quite a closely knit family. If somebody's not there on a Sunday, then they're noticed. It's noticed that they're not there. And, um, Yes, people will contact, like similarly to here, um, and spend you know spend some time with them in the week if need be. Um, so yeah, so coming alongside people is very much something I see as one of my one of the things that God's given me to do um, to to listen and to sort of hear people's stories really. And um, I don't know if you if you've ever spent time with people who've got serious mental illness. The the thing that always strikes me is how how deep their stories often are and how resilient some of the people are when they've been through hell, really. Um, particularly the people I've met in the hospital, they, they, you know, you can't imagine the kind of lives that they've had. And it's been a real joy to see some of them in recovery. Um, there's a couple of people in our church that have been coming through recovery from quite serious mental health problems. And one of them's recently got a job. She's doing so well. And it's been such a privilege to walk alongside her in that and find what God's been saying to her through those difficulties. Um, and it's always looking to connect God's story with the person's story. And I think when those two things connect up, then that's where miracles happen, quite honestly. I know it's, it's not been a sudden flash. She's actually taken years to get to where she is but you know we all acknowledge that it's God's doing really that's what's brought her to that place of you know working towards wholeness mm. I was thinking about as well the neighbourhoods that surround your church and the sort of mile radius oh, okay sorry yeah, for... <laughs> yes so well the area is itself is quite it? it's quite a lot of um, it's quite a lot of working families in the area um, there's this they're not rich people, are they? It's not a very well-off area. No, it's all, yeah. uh, locally it's all terraced houses. Yes. Uh, so as we've said, opposite the docks. Mm. Um, we go a bit further and there's a local centre uh, uh, at the slightly poorer end of town, I suppose. It is, isn't it? Um, yes, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, and the church is located in a sort of residential bit of that and... Um, as I say, we've got a preschool on site, which does bring lots of parents and children into the building. Um, and we, we've been working hard over the last few years to really kind of put on those kind of events that people will come to, so like with the pancake party and all that sort of stuff. 
Um, it's not an easy area to engage with. People don't like to commit to anything. They don't like to make arrangements ahead of time. And quite often, if you send reminders out on the day, they'll forget or something else will come up. So we do struggle with getting numbers through. Like yeah. yeah, I think probably, probably most of society is like that now, isn't it? So that can be very frustrating at times. But, uh, but again, it's about building those relationships and the relationships we've built with the few that do come over time. I mean, there's a lady that used to bring her grandson to toddler group and she's now done the alpha course with us quite a few years later actually I got to know her eight years ago and she disappeared when the grandson didn't need to come but yeah when the time was ready right she decided she wanted to do alpha with us and she's now coming to church regularly and it's like you know it's those seeds were planted right at the beginning and you know God brings the fruit when time is ready really I think yeah Hi, I'm, I'm Katie. Um, as a church, we tend to do topics like, we're obviously doing something on the Mount at the moment. We've done other books and things like that. Would you consider maybe doing an outside-the-box topic, like maybe a series on mental health mm -hmm. or any other issues that might arise from a maybe a Christian perspective or something like that? Yeah, very definitely. I think teaching and preaching in church should be a good mix of Bible stories and the Bible plus contemporary issues, and I think it's important to have the mix of both. Yeah, I think you're quite right. Um, yes, and I, I'm always happy to talk about mental health because that's where I've come, you know, in recent years. That's where God's been, has put me. Um, you know, and I think what I've been struck by recently is how good churches, when they're working well, Bring so much of all the things people need for good mental health. I don't know if you've heard of the five steps to well-being. Um, they're sort of used in the NHS actually. So it's things like connection, get active, give, um, notice. I think those are the, that's another one I've forgotten. But actually they're things that when churches are working as they should, the body's working together, those things are what happen in church. And that's the, the, the difficulty is that we've got all these resources that the world desperately needs and it's how to and I make that connection. And I think, yeah, through, through doing sermon series on different topics, I think we can help explore that. And Yeah, definitely. Obviously, I know what sermon series you've done recently, but maybe you can tell people what <laughs> sermon series you've done. <laughs> I remember now. Um, That's what I couldn't remember. Yes. yes. We started in January with our vision as a church, because the church is looking at what their vision for the next... The vision was last done about 10 years ago, wasn't it, I think? So they've been looking at that. Um, what have we done? Oh, sorry, I can't remember. Um, what else have we done? Oh, I've stitched you up. You have, haven't sorry. you? Yes. <laughs> no, you need to try and remember something. <laughs> While you're re recollecting that, I'll uh, hold for a question. You won't bring it back in. Yes, yeah. Anybody else? What's happening? I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Hello there. Hi. Um, can you hear me okay? Yeah. yeah. yeah my name's Anthea. I was just wondering how you feel about leaving the church behind and what might happen to it and why this feels the time for you to move on from all that you've been doing there because it sounds like, you know, there's lots that you've managed to achieve there. Yeah, that is a good question and I've been... Uh, difficult, sorry. No, no, that's all right. It's been, it's been hard because I know... I know what I'm leaving behind and the people that I'm leaving behind and that's going to be the hardest thing is the people. Um, I know that 
if I move on, then I can do new things with God, and that's great. Um, so the the cafe itself is fun, and I enjoy it, but I won't miss that. It'll be the people that I miss. Um, so, I mean, one of the things that was really encouraging, actually, as we did this series on vision, um, the church were coming up with lots of amazing ideas for themselves, and I feel like they're in a position for some really good stuff to start happening. And the other minister was quite encouraged as well, wasn't she? Because she knows, obviously knows that I'm in this process. Um, and I've got a real sense that that church is going to go on and be blessed and that God's doing some good stuff there. And I've, I've set up a few things. Like, we've started a little cafe, and I'm, I'm confident that they'll be able to keep that going and grow it and do what other things so. Um, so there will be a lot of sadness at the things I, I'm leaving behind, definitely. And I'm very much feeling that at the moment, aren't I? It's been, it's been quite, yeah, just the thought of some of the people that I'll have to say goodbye to. Um, but it feels like the right time. I mean, I've done my time at the hospital and I, quite frankly, I, I find that really hard going now, um, the psychiatric hospital. And I know that's time to leave there. I think I've done all I can with that role. Um, and the juggling of the different roles that I'm in, it's, it, it, I really want to put my heart and soul into one community and one, one place. Um, and the church um, and the chaplaincy together, while it's been great, I think now's the time. I think God's calling me into full time on church. And I think church out into the community, I think, is where he's, he's leading me now. So. Hello, I'm Mary. Hi there. And I'd just like to give Rachel a break and ask Paul a question. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just wondering, Paul, how you feel about all of this and how it might affect your work, your friendships, your hobbies, etc. And I'll need to give you the mic. Yeah, uh, thank you. Um, uh, I wouldn't have chosen to leave Southampton, or it wouldn't have been top of my list to leave Southampton, I confess. Uh, I feel very settled there. I do love the New Forest. Um, I've been working in uh, a sixth form college for the last 10 years. I've, I've stepped back a little bit from being head of department to just being a classroom teacher. I just, just fully focus on that, which I'm enjoying. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, with, with some reservation in the sense of there'll be things I'll miss. Um, uh, but, but there's also a bit of me that is excited about the change as well. I was once told by a salesperson that maths teachers are amongst the most conservative of a small C people, but he was trying to get me to buy something. So <laughs> <laughs> it didn't totally agree with that, uh, but there's an element of that. Um, uh, and yeah, I would I very, very much miss the church we're in at the moment. Um, uh, but funnily enough, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, I, I, was, I just booked us a little weekend away, and it was in Hazelmere. And, uh, <laughs> And I, I just sort of felt like a random thing, and we ended up going to the Devil's Punch Bowl and the, the what is it, the Sculpture Park, and, yeah. and all the rest of it. And so when Rachel said, uh, uh, "Oh, is this, this place called Milford in Surrey?" Surrey? <laughs> 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 what are you thinking? You know. Uh, but then, then we realised where it was. And I, I don't know. It was just something that made me feel. Oh, yeah, I, could, I don't know. I felt it was just a coincidence thing. Or, uh, but yeah, I will have some. There'll be things I miss for sure, um, and work is a thing. I think 
to start off with, I imagine commuting. Um, and I'll see how that goes, but it could be quite a long commute. I understand there's some very good sixth form colleges around here. Yes. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so and, and change is, can be exciting. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah. No, I, <laughs> and yeah, and, and, yeah uh, I, 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 I can be a bit grumpy about change, but, but deep down I get quite excited about those sorts of things as well. Yeah. Well, if you get grumpy, it'd be, it'd be perfect church. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. You're in good company. Anybody? Hi, I'm Jonathan. Uh, I'm doing welcome on the on the door most Sundays and uh, also have, uh, have grown a, a rotor list of others who uh, take over from me from time to time, which is, which is great. The rest of my time is spent, uh, I read scripture, pray, um, I'm around people, uh, I love people, I enjoy people and uh, that's kind of my my main role really wonderful <laughs> um having preached here before and you've been asked to come back again and now you're being asked questions i guess the wider question would be how are you both feeling in having come back for a second time and uh, knowing that you have uh, obviously Southampton uh, in your hearts and in your minds. Um, how how are you feeling about things at this moment? That's a good question. Um, yeah. um, I get a real sense of family here, and that excites me. The thought of people working together for God and for the good news to go out into the community and it seems like a church that's very community focused um, even if you're still working out how to do that there's definitely that heart there so yes I was, there's a great excitement really to think this could be something really wonderful yeah anybody else we're almost out of time it's five two now That'd be a good time to draw a line do I really want to say anything else you don't have to again I don't think so no the <laughs> <laughs> right way close this meeting obviously would be for us to pray together. So um, we're actually praying for the church, we're praying for ourselves, we're praying for Paul and for Rachel, and also their family, their church, where they're coming from. Uh, maybe we could spend the last five minutes, a number of you could just maybe lead us in prayer, and I would just go back to a close and one o'clock. Let us pray.
considered at this time. May your will be done, Heavenly Father. Praise your name. Amen. relationships and for interests and hobbies and everything else. Lord, I pray that you will guide and lead through this process and Lord, change us as well as we need. Lord, you are in the transformation business, Lord. You want to make us more like the Lord. You want to make us more holy. You want to make us more loving. And Lord, help us to obey those commandments that we can love you with all our heart, soul and mind mm-hmm. and that we'll love each other and our neighbours as ourselves. So, Lord, help us to be a people who are overflowing with love for each other and for the community in which we live. And we pray your love will surround Paul and Rachel as they go back to Southampton today. Lord, give them your wisdom as they go back and as they talk about their experience here today. Lord, may they be one on moving forward in your direction together. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Yes, Lord, we thank you for the love that is here between the people of this church. It's so clear to see. And we thank you for the heart that is for this community. Lord, we pray by your spirit you would reveal to us what you want for the next stages for this church. And how, how you want us to, enjoy, to join in with what you are doing, Lord. We just pray that your will be done in this place here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. So Father, we, uh, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for all that we have received from you, through your word, through sharing of communion, and through conversation, and understanding one another a little bit better. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that for all of us gathered here today, we're looking to seek your way and your will for this community, not for the church's own sake, but very much for this community, and for the days, months, and years that lie ahead. And therefore we pray that as we go our own way, and as we reflect on what we've heard and spoken this day, that you might continue to be at work in our hearts and our minds. Lord, that when we do regather next Sunday, Lord, we know the way we're going to go. Lord, bless us in this, we pray. In Jesus' good name. Amen. 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 So thank you all very much for joining us and being part of this. You can go and enjoy your lunch now. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you.